Michigan is the greatest school in the world to coach. Way better than Ohio State. At Ohio State, Jim Trestle got fired for doing nothing. Urban Meyer had to face scrutiny for defending a coach that did not hit his wife, at least according to the police. But Michigan, you can do it all, baby. You can cheat. You can lie. You can hire crooks. You can sign steal. And the president will give you a trophy and a contract extension. Don't at me. Starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I am wearing my Michigan hat today because we are all Michigan men. That's right. We must all be Michigan men. Why? Because Michigan is the greatest school in America to coach in. Think about it. Think about what's going on at Michigan. At Michigan, you can cheat. At Michigan, you can get suspended. At Michigan, you can hire what is potentially a cyber criminal, a guy that is going to, well, right now is under investigation for going into other teams' computers, stealing practice video, stealing practice tape. At least that's what's alleged. I mean, who really knows? It's Michigan, by the way. You can hire... A guy that, well, is racist, Shemmy Schembechler. Oh, Shemmy. He got himself caught and got himself fired. And, of course, there's more. Now you've got the scandal that is widespread. Guess what? They were stealing signs. Guess what? They were on Central Michigan sideline. And the Central Michigan coach, Jim McElvain, or whatever the hell his losing ass in Florida is, he said, I don't know. I don't know, man. We're digging deep. I don't know. I don't know who, who it was. Well, I know. I don't know. Well, guess what? Of course he knew. He worked with the guy back in Michigan in 2018 after he got blank canned at Florida. And guess what makes it the best school to coach at? You ready for it? Get ready. Get ready. You ready? Get ready. I'll tell you what it makes the best school because the president of the university yesterday came out and took a team picture. Took a team picture and said, we got to fast track this extension for Coach Harbaugh unless or in case he leaves. So think about it. You can do all this crap over here at Michigan, and you get an extension. Photo op with the president. Let's go to Ohio State if you really want to know. And I understand that people didn't like Urban. I understand people didn't like Ohio State. But if you really want to know, Jim Trestle did nothing wrong. Sure, his players sold tattoos, but that ain't trust when they sold their own stuff. Something not even close to illegal then or now. Ohio State, blank candom. Urban Meyer defended a coach that the police said did not hit his wife. I'm going to say it again. Had to sit in the room. Urban Meyer's AD then went on vacation. I remember this like it was yesterday. I did some digging yesterday. His AD went on vacation. Urban Meyer got suspended. Ultimately, he was out of there, and the AD got suspended. But at Michigan, you get a contract extension. I want you to think about that. What? I did what? Yes, I did. Yes, we did. Yes, yes, yes. We get a contract extension. Meyer won a national championship. Meyer went 7-0. Meyer went 5-2 in bowl games. He never cheated, never lied, never had cyber crimes. Never, never the AD and the president of Ohio State turned their back on him. When the guy did nothing wrong, turned their back on Jim Trestle. When he did nothing wrong, 
Think about this. Michigan, the president and the AD can't wait to get up all puckered up and smooch the backside of a guy who did all these things. Let's go through it. I wrote them down here. Cheated, lied, cyber crimes, racist coach, huh? Stealing signs that's ongoing and an embarrassment. One in six in bowl games, two and five against their rival, huh? And he gets a contract extension in the middle of a scandal. Michigan, you rock. Michigan, you are awesome. Michigan, and I say this all as a coach. Michigan, we don't ever need to hear about Michigan men again because Michigan men are all about the cheat. The most famous group you've ever had was a Fab Five. Weber lied in front of a grand jury. Rose caught in crack houses. King DUIs. And all the while, if Bill Martin, the guy who financed the whole thing, doesn't die, Weber goes to jail. Oh, baby, they get caught, they get fired, banners get taken down. But hey, you know what? It pays at Michigan to cheat. Uh, what is his name? Steve Fisher goes on to another job. Harbaugh gets himself an extension. Jalen Rose is seen as a hero. He speaks at banquets at Michigan. Michigan, you rock. You are the UNLV of the 80s and 90s of the Midwest. But you cover it up with a bunch of white dudes from the East Coast that say, we're Michigan men. Yeah, good for you. You suck. But you are the best place. Compare that. Hey, if I'm Ryan Day, if I'm Ryan Day, I am leaving immediately, immediately if the Michigan job opens and I'm going to Michigan because it's the greatest job ever. I'm also, uh, and by the way, stop with the Urban Meyer going to Michigan State. I haven't talked to him about it, but he ain't going to that truck stop. I'll bet you anything you want. I got Dane Fife bothering me about this. Nobody wants to go to that truck stop. All right, college football playoffs have been released. Number one, Ohio State. I don't think they're the best team, but they got the best resume. I mean, they went into Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame. They beat Penn State. They went to Wisconsin and won. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Georgia, eh. Michigan's beaten nobody. Their best win is UNLV or maybe Bowling Green. They haven't beat nobody. Nothing. Zip, zero, zilch. Florida State, I do like. I talked about that Travis kid. I think he's really good. Keep an eye on them. I didn't buy Florida State early. I did. I didn't buy him even at all. And, of course, Georgia. So we got Ohio State. Uh, Georgia, look, again, I don't believe the whole, to be the man, you got to beat the man. They've won two in a row. You got to make them number one. No. And I also don't believe that you lose your job, that you don't lose your job if you get injured. Let me explain something to you. You get injured and somebody comes in and beats you out, guess what? You might lose your job. Just because you won a national championship last year, that don't mean squat. That don't mean squat douche about what's going on this year. Nothing, zip, zero, zilch. Every year, every game, every practice, every day in coaching is organic. You kind of sort of never know what you're going to get. Lou Holtz said it. The team you had yesterday is not the team you had today, and it won't be the team you have tomorrow. So we'll see. Now, about the Michigan cheating, the NCAA committee, Boo Corrigan, it is amazing how it's the same names. There's always a Corrigan. There's always a Hancock. This goes back like 100 years. What? These guys can't do anything else but suck off the NCAA teat? What the hell are we doing here? There's always the same guys. There is. Boo Corrigan was the other Corrigan. He was the AD somewhere. He was the head of basketball committees. Hancock's have been there for, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, long story short, here's the deal. 
They said, Boo Corrigan, who apparently chairs this committee, they said, hey, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, Michigan and their problems are an NCAA matter, not a college football playoff matter. And I, I'm cool with that. I, 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 I can get down with that. I'm all right with that. I mean, why not? What the hell? I mean, let's be honest. That's what you want anyway. Look, what do you want? You want Michigan in there. Why? Money. You think Michigan draws more flies than it does? And they are flies, you Michigan fans. Than Florida State? I think so. Now, back in the day, maybe not. But certainly around these parts, this time of year, in the modern era that we're living in, yeah, absolutely they do. So don't at me, people. It's the way of the world. It's the way it works. And Michigan will get in, but I don't think they should. I've told you this before. Michigan, if they have the goods, should be out. Out. Don't give me a suspension three years down the road. Don't give me a bull ban in the next three years. Ban their ass right now if, ladies and gentlemen, and I say this, if, if you've got the goods. If you don't have the goods, hey, what are you going to do? If you don't have the goods, you don't have the goods. But if you got the goods, guess what? Ban their ass and do it immediately. All right. Uh, I like this. I like this a lot. I'm taking this hat off because it's hot under the bright lights. But I like what Dabo Sweeney did. Dabo Sweeney, you know what? People get mad at me when I come back at somebody on Twitter. Oh, I struck a nerve. They say, no, you didn't. I just defend myself. I was raised to defend myself. If you all weren't raised to defend yourself, then that's on you. But sometimes I'll look at some slap and I'll go, yeah, enough of you. And then I'll crush their soul and it always comes back. Oh, I struck a nerve. You're in some skirt. No, no, no. I'm just defending. And sometimes as a coach, you got to defend yourself. Yeah, the high road is less traveled, but as Deion Sanders said, I don't know the damn address. Who the hell knows the address of the high road? I certainly don't. Sometimes you got to bitch slap some people. And that sometime for Dabo Sweeney was yesterday. Dabo Sweeney said to himself, yo, uh-uh, ain't doing it. Ain't having it. Refuse to have it. Won't have it. So some guy calls in. Some guy calls in the Dabo Sweeney. Some little kid. I love it. First, you mock the guy for being a 12-year-old. I'm not even going to say his name because he's getting too much publicity and he seems like a little bitch. And I don't like little bitches. I just don't. Couch, why are we paying you so much? Look, I understand that's a question fans have. But I got to tell you, I had a rule with my kids. If you're ever on Twitter or any social media and you're insulting an adult, a broadcast or something like that, I ain't paying for your college. It's just what I'm doing. You want to call into a radio show as a college kid? Hey, I, I, I kiss my backside. You don't have any ass on you. You don't have any experience. You never run a company. You never made a payroll. You never wrote checks. You never had a mortgage. You never had bills. You never have squat. You don't know your backside from third base, and you're going to call into a show and act like a hero. You're just a little jackass, and the world's just full of jackasses, particularly young jackasses. All right, here's another bit from Dabo. All I know is this, he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. Now, look, I understand fans' angst. I understand that fans get all upset. I understand that fans have passion. I also understand that it's probably not good business for you to go after your fans. But you know what? When you're Dabo Sweeney and you've built this thing to where you have built it, then guess what? What the hell? Why not? Not like he does it every week. 
Not like he hadn't been a good guy to probably everybody in that community, whether it was through camps or anything else. But I got to tell you, at some point, you just get tired of listening to people's Bolshevik. You do. You just get tired of it. And when you get tired of it, you get to a point, particularly competitive people, you get to a point and you're going, wait a second, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of this. I've had enough of you. I'm tired of this and I'm tired of you. And look, I'm sure his AD called him in and said, you know, Dabo, try not to do that. Don't be doing that. I'm sure the little kid celebrated with his buddies and still celebrates because there's articles written on his little sniveling ass. I'm sure he's all a hero. I read somewhere where his girlfriend was mad at him. You know, again, that just shows you what a little batch the guy is. And he is. I don't care. It's like, you know what, some slap Southern Indiana clown got up and asked Tom Allen all this. Just shut up. Seriously, just shut up. I mean, people that do that just give me gas. They make me lift the cheek. And I got to tell you, I understand it, though. I do. I understand it. Not every coach's show can be like Roy Williams. I went to Roy Williams one day. I was in North Carolina and Roy, we, Lee and I went to this Four Corners or whatever the restaurant was. It was up top right on the main corner there. And we liked the place. We had been there before. So we go and Roy Williams is having his show. And the average age of the Roy Williams show's audience was 162 years old. I'm talking about 175 years old if they were a dime. The average age was oxygen. So there wasn't anybody going to get up there and say, hey, oh, Roy, what do you think, man? You all lost to so-and-so. He wasn't going to do that. Nobody was going to do that. But you know what? You get some young guys with big mouths that, as I said, have never made a payroll, never probably even had a job in their life, and next thing you know, they got big mouths. The bigger question, though, is this. Can Clemson come back? Will Clemson come back? You know, Ed Orgeron said something really interesting, and he made it funny, but it was really true. Coaches have a shelf life. I think in every job that I've ever ever had, my shelf life is 10 years. I spent two extra years with Bob Knight, and they were the most miserable two years of my life. I went to Bowling Green. 10 years, that was good. I was on the radio. I knew 10 years, but it takes you a couple, three years to get a show really going. So I ended up being there 14 years. I was 10 years at ESPN before I got bored. I think everybody's got a shelf life. Maybe this is Dabo Sweeney's shelf life because if you look at it, how many advantages does Ohio State have over Clemson? I'll give you one big one. You got the entire state of Ohio loving your school. And kids growing up, wanting, dying, pleading to be Buckeyes. That may happen in certain pockets in South Carolina, but the state ain't called South Carolina, or excuse me, the state ain't called Clemson. The state is called South Carolina, and you're always going to be fighting that. And oh, by the way, the other school in the state is in the SEC. The other school in the state in, uh, in Ohio are either in the MAC. Maybe, I guess, Cincinnati, what are they in the AAC moving to another league? Maybe that'll change things. But you really don't have like an SEC school in Ohio. You got a bunch of MAC schools. And I don't know if you watched Maction last night. I did because I took Northern Illinois and they screwed the pooch on me. But anyway, you'll see no crowds, bad weather, playing on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. It's really no competition. So it'll be interesting what happens. Dabo Sweeney has done great work. 
unbelievable work at Clemson, as good as a guy could do. But I got to tell you, when fans have start having the nutsack to get up in front of an audience or to call into a radio show and criticize the man who's won national championship, ooh, you see it start slipping away. You know, it's not always everyone else's fault, Deion Sanders. It's just not. I understand. I swear to you, I understand that right now, Deion Sanders can pick up the phone. He could probably solve the issues in the Middle East. He could probably get Biden out of office. He could probably be Speaker of the House. He could probably get all done. White dudes are scared to death to criticize him, and black dudes want to be part of the train, the media. That's what they want to be a part of. White dudes are like, oh, man. See what happened when Dion lost? We all got called racist. And nothing a white dude wants less than to be called racist. Me, I get called racist by 9 a.m. just simply by working at OutKick. It has no effect on me. It really has no effect on anybody anymore. I mean, what the hell? But anyway, white dudes are scared to death of Dion. Well, Dion, it's not always the NCAA's fault. It could be the Rose Bowl. It could be. Well, maybe you guys are advertising all the money you got. Here's what I'm talking about. Deion Sanders says the NCAA and the Rose Bowl got to pay up for the stolen jewelry. They're alleging that jewelry was stolen out of their locker room during a game in the Rose Bowl against UCLA. Okay, here's the deal. That happens. So everybody's got to pay for it. Our kids got robbed during the game last week. I think that's a travesty. I would expect the NCAA to do something about that. These are college kids. I'm pretty sure they don't even think about insurance at this point in their life. We've talked about NIL, giving them financial planners, giving them the resources for that. But the insurance part of it, we slip. We don't really educate them on that. So because you didn't, that's now the NCAA has to pay kids back. Because you didn't, or they didn't, as professionals, they now must be paid back by the Rose Bowl. Of course. I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he's wrong. I certainly would believe that a traveling party of Colorado football size would be insured by the university. Like, there's got to be insurance for players. There's got to be insurance for that truck. You know, everybody's got that semi-truck that leaves on Thursday and it's full of equipment and two big fat guys with big dips in their mouth drive the truck across the terrain to get to the site to set everything up for the gladiators that are coming in to participate in America's sport. Anyway, I'm sure they were all insured. And if you didn't insure the kids, that's on you. I mean, look, you got Gucci, baby. You got Louie, baby. You got, what, Rolex, baby. You got all this stuff, and you get robbed. Hey, it happens. That's why you never put where you're at on social media. There's a great story. Head coach Dave Whitney was the head coach of Lima Senior High School. And I was recruiting one of his players. Now, if you know anything about Lima, Ohio, it is akin to Gary, Indiana. And Dave, well, he had to hire people to watch his house during games. Why? Well, he lived in Lima, and people knew where he was. They knew he was at a game. 
So they broke into his house one night during the game. So Dave had to hire a couple dudes, at least that's what he told me, to stay in his house during the game to protect his house. Maybe that's the new thing with all these rich college kids. Maybe you got to travel with a big old dude or big old dudes, and they post them right outside the locker room. I mean, look, if the luggage is Louie, if that's Rolex, if the shoes are Gucci, baby, if you're all about the silliest of stuff, the ridiculously overpriced, awful-looking, high-fashion crap that people line up outside of stores in the fashion mall to get, then maybe, maybe, just maybe, you ought to think about insurance. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, well, I don't know, maybe you ought to think about locking the door. I do agree, though, the Rose Bowl should pay. The NCAA should tell you, hey, man, I don't know what to tell you. But nobody's going to question Dion because the white guys, they're, hey, man, I, I, hey man I'm, I'm all in on Dion, man. I'm all in on Dion. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. And the brothers are like, hey, I want to be part of the posse. I want to be standing on a sideline next to two chains. That's it. That's true. Everybody knows this. Dion also said, I know the kids will be forthright in what was stolen, and some of our staff members, and well, all that stuff should be replaced. This is a Rose Bowl. They say it's a granddaddy up mall. I'm sure granddaddy has some money. Grandpa should have some money to give these kids. Probably won't be able to get their items back, but we should be able to reimburse them. Yeah, it's called insurance. Well, you're a businessman. <laughs> you're a businessman and you don't know about insurance? Your son is like, you know, the guy and you don't know about insurance? All right. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, Dion says these cute things and they're really stupid. It's the granddaddy of them all. Granddaddy should... Shut up. I mean, it's just stupid. I mean, you want to be taken seriously about this? Then talk serious. The granddaddy should have money. Grandpa should have money. Why? I don't disagree. Hey, particularly, it all depends on how things were stolen. It was a door unlocked. Was game management negligent? You got to ask those questions. But hey, look, we don't have... We can't question Dion. Oh, man. You can't question the Clintons, and you can't question Deion Sanders. By the way, Clintons, I just want this out there. I've been critical of you, and I'm dying, dying to see who it was, how many times that Bill Clinton went to Jeffrey Epstein's Pedo Island. But I want to say this very publicly. I'm anything but suicidal. I'm living a great life. I am not suicidal. So, Clintons, if you're going to come at me, uh, understand, I want this noted. But damn. Deion Sanders, granddaddy's, shut up. I mean, how about you act like a serious human being? I mean, I get it. You got all the cute little words and, you know, blah, blah. And the white guys are scared of you and the black guys want to be part of the party. But come on, grow a pair and lock the door. Uh, it, it, you know, you, you're, you're the guy. These are kids. They're not going to be forthright. These kids are going to be like, yeah, I got three Gucci watches stolen and a necklace that was valued at $6,722 because I sat outside the Yves Saint Laurent store or whatever the hell it is. I'm packing my bags and it's Louis. All right. Whatever. Uh, the Raiders fired last night. The Raiders fired Josh McDaniels. 
there and general manager Dave Ziegler. Now I got to tell you something. In my list of punchable faces, all right. In my list, if you were going to give me a list and say who has the most punchable face in sports, I'd say Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan is this tall. He's got a big mouth. He's a little batch. And he's got to stand on stools because he's got a big ego. But he's got the most punchable face in America. And don't even try to tell me I'm wrong. He does. He absolutely does. And, of course, I'm going to put this back on the Colts. So Josh McDaniels has punchable face number two. Every time you see him in his little visor with his jacket indoors in Vegas, you just want to put him right cross to his head. You just want to, you just want to drill him. He's just that guy. He just looks like that guy. He is that guy. So here's the deal. So last night, and it ended up being late, but remember, they're on West Coast time. Josh McDaniels and the GM Ziegler were fired. Here's what you got to understand about that, and I've been saying this for as long as I've been saying anything. Everything in sports doesn't happen in a vacuum. And there is always, ladies and gentlemen, not sometimes, there is always a back story. People think, well, the timing of this is weird. The timing of everything is weird. I mean, when people in the media or fans don't know why something happened, they immediately go, well, I, I didn't like the timing. No, the timing was crap. I, I don't mind you doing it, but the timing. Yeah, all right, when's a good time? Hey, let me know. Somebody let me know. When's a good time? You let me know when a good time is. If you let me know when a good time is, then I'll do it. But you got to let me know. Hey, Ryan, by the way, let me in the uh, Zoom chat. I got to put another one in. Anyway, long story short, here's what could have happened. Trade deadline comes. They don't get anything done. You're watching the Raiders. You got Devontae Adams acting like a little bitch. You got their team losing. You got the quarterback and the wide. It just looked like a mess. I felt like Jimmy Garoppolo looked terrible. I felt like Jimmy Garoppolo looked god-awful. I thought he looked lost. I thought that he was just bad. There's no way in hell you can tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy right now, this moment, that can lead a team to anything. And then he's got the wide receiver who, by the way, dropped the ball. Nobody wants to talk about that. Dropped a couple balls the other night because, well, white media is afraid of the crazy wide receiver. I am not. The dude dropped a couple wide open ones or he'd had three catches. And of course, Garoppolo missed him. But last night, Mark Davis decided to pull the plug. Could be as simple as trade deadline came, GM didn't get anything done, and Mark Davis, in talking to coaches and talking to other GMs and owners, probably found out that nobody wants to come to Las Vegas. And that's the number one thing Mark Davis can't have because what did we all say about Vegas? Vegas was going to be a destination. It was going to be a destination for visiting fans. It was going to be a destination for the hometown fans. It was going to be a destination for people that like the Raiders back in Oakland. It was going to be a destination for players to want to come and play. So it's no coincidence yesterday that the trade deadline came and went. It's no coincidence that the trade deadline did not really involve the Raiders. And it's no coincidence that after the trade deadline came and went, America's second most punchable face, Josh McDaniels and 
the lackey GM got fired. Now, this once again, ladies and gentlemen, I know I have a lot of Indianapolis people here, but this once again shows us the ineptitude of the Colts management, in particular, Chris Ballard. Now that McDaniels has been fired from not one, but two jobs, guess who tried to hire McDaniels before he ended up in the Raiders? That's right, Chris Ballard. Guess who turned down the Colts? That's right, Josh McDaniels. So here in Indy, we have a general manager that in his seventh season is on his eighth starting quarterback, his fifth head coach. He's 49 and 59 and one in his seventh year. They have won nothing. They have made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. And another mistake was McDaniels. But at least McDaniels, in this instance, was smart enough to turn down the Colts. McDaniels being gone is also further illustration of, can anybody do anything in New England without Tom Brady? Can anybody do a damn thing? Without Tom Brady, that was a part of those teams. Is there anybody, anywhere, anytime, any place that can win anything without Brady? Belichick has been a train wreck, both in Cleveland, he was all right in Cleveland, and certainly pre-Brady and now post-Brady. McDaniels has been fired from two NFL coaching, head coaching jobs without Tom Brady. I mean, I want you to think about it. Smartest guy in the business. You want to know the smartest guy in the room? I'll tell you the smartest guy in the room. Smartest guy in NFL coaching, Bruce Arians. What did Bruce do? He took the interim head coaching job basically when his career was over and he had Andrew Luck quarterbacking his freshman year, rookie year. He turned a 2-14 and 14 team into 11-5 and five because Ryan Grigson also drafted Vic Ballard, who was really good that year. He drafted T.Y. Hilton, who was really good that year. And next thing you know, they turned it around. Arians then became a head coach. He saw the writing on the wall. A couple nice years uh, in Arizona. Got out ahead of the posse. Ended up with Tom Brady in Tampa. And guess what he did? Two Super Bowls. Not one, two. With Tom Brady, we go to Super Bowls. Without Tom Brady, we get our ass fired. That's just the way it goes. Dems, the berries, and anybody, anytime, anyplace that says anything different can put a big smooch on my dupayash because all you got to do is look at the record. I've told you, I told you from jump, we here at the headquarters, We're going to pay attention to who does what with Brady and who does what without Brady. How's Tampa doing without Brady? With Baker Mayfield. Remember, Baker Mayfield was numero uno, the number one pick in the draft. How they doing? How they getting along out there? Eh, not very well. Not very well. How's New England doing without Brady? Not very well. How did Denver do? With McDaniels, when there was no Brady with McDaniels, not very well. How did Oakland do when they didn't have a Brady, but they had McDaniels? Not very well. Period. Period. That's just the way it 
is, period. And we said it at the time. This is no surprise. I said it then. I'll say it now. It's just human nature to pit one against the other. It's the way we are wired. That's why, and let me put it to Clay's million-dollar challenge to the WNBA, these little girls of the WNBA ought to embrace this. They ought to embrace the fact that people are at least talking about them because did you know, did you know that volleyball, Wisconsin-Nebraska, that my niece Emily Eamon broadcast, she was the sideline, or she was the color analyst on Fox on Sunday, outdrew every single WNBA game all year. Period. Don't at me. Boy, we cover a lot of ground here. Son of a biscuit maker, we cover a lot of ground here. All right, I got a theory, and I want you to listen to this. See, I don't think you should be able in sports to just simply punch a guy in the face and not get a criminal charge. Like, I just don't think so. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to charge a mount. I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to throw at a player. That's all part of the sport. But I don't think fighting in hockey is part of the sport. But when you do something so egregious, and what I'm getting at, Adam Johnson was killed on the ice. He was killed on the ice when Matt Petgrave's skate sliced his neck in an apparent dirty play. Now, I got to tell you, what an awful way to die. You're playing hockey. You're playing hockey, and next guy jumps, spins, slices your neck. I don't know if we have the video. I don't think we do, and I'm glad we don't. But the dude died, and now the guy, Matt Petgraves, is facing possible criminal charges. I've always felt, and this goes back to Rudy Tomjanovich and Kermit Washington, when you just blatantly punch somebody or you slash uh, somebody's neck, you should absolutely face criminal charges. A lot of people don't believe that. And that's good. That's up for debate. Again, it's sports. We debate. But I've always said you shouldn't be able on a basketball court to take your fist and punch somebody and not face something criminal. Well, you know, it's sports. Yeah, it's also, how would I adjudicate it? I don't know. How would I make it work? I'm not sure. It, again, a lot of things go back to this. The Supreme Court justice that said about pornography, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. That's how this feels to me. I can't define what I feel is criminal, but I sure the hell know it when I see it. If you go back a thousand years and Larry Bird is being choked by Julius Irving in a game, eh, I don't think that's it. But this guy swinging his leg to kick somebody and slash his throat, I think that fits it. Particularly when a guy dies. If a guy dies, you got a serious problem. That's the problem with all of you out there. Don't go punching somebody. Don't ever go punching somebody in a bar, in a restaurant. Don't. Don't act like you got to swell up because somebody dissed you, man. No, that's crap. Don't do that. Because it always comes back to bites right in the ass. And if the guy dies, it's going to bite you in the ass to serious jail time. And then there's going to be some other things in your ass. And that's for exit only. Let's be honest. But the truth of the matter is, I got no problem if a judge or a prosecutor, assuming this is all on the up and up, takes a look 
and says, you know what, Pet Graves? We're going to charge you with involuntary manslaughter. We're going to charge you with something. What you did, you did. And the guy died because of what you did. And he'll get good lawyers, and they'll try to talk their way out of it. Look, he's off balance. He swung his... Maybe he did. I don't know. But I would have to find out. I would have to find out from people under oath. I would have to know. I just don't think it's as simple as saying, hey, look, here's the deal. You hit somebody, you're going to jail. On the... No. I think you got to figure it all out. Dan, I think it would be hard to get a conviction on intent of trying to hurt that hockey player. Well, JPG rules, I understand that. And I got to tell you, a lot of convictions are hard. But you got to take a look at it. I think you really, truly got to take a look at it. The guy's the most penalty, penalized guy in that league. You got to take a look at all this. You do. Was there anything? Was there a backstory? You see where I went here? Because there's always a backstory. Always. I'm telling you, I would have to know what the relationship between these two guys was. I would have to know what the relationship between that guy that did the slashing and the team of the guy was playing on. What were the team's relationship? I would have to know. Jim Eagle makes a good point. Hockey players should know to keep their skates on ice. There it is. You see the kick right there. Uh, this guy may not have the mental capacity to understand that. Lick thinks white privilege will get him off. Okay, Lick. I, I'm down with you. Hey, I got a thing on my nose. Anybody know anything about cancer? I'm a little worried about it. Ah, we'll get into nothing like that with Trey Wallace coming up here in a minute. I got to push this thing over 400. We got 398. Watch it. Let's get this over 400. I want to talk some college football. Here's the deal. Michigan, baby, you are the best place to go to school. I was trying to think. I can't remember the fight song. I sang it every game my son played there. And those of you that think that I'm mad about Michigan because my son didn't get to play, are you nuts? My son, his last two years, played in damn near every game, had a nice role for a walk-on, and got a scholarship. Bite me, Michigan fans. It's not never daunted, we shall not falter. I don't know, but I like it. Let's go. Trey Wallace next. Get this over 400. Let's go. Get this over 400 right now. Let's go. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Hey, it's hail to the victors. Hail to the victor. Hail to the thundering heroes. Uh, uh, to Michigan. I sang it every game. I went to every home game. I mean, hey, I got the hat. Trey, I'm saying there's no better place to coach than Michigan. You can cheat. You can have cybercrime. You can erase this. Shemmy Schembechler. You get suspended. You got this little guy running around stealing signs. You're one and six in bowls. You're two and five against your rival. And you get a contract extension. There's, I'm thinking about this from a coaching standpoint. There's no better place in America to coach than Michigan, baby. You can do what you want, Trey. You can do what you want. Let me, let me tell you something, brother. If I ever got into the college football game, or I should have back in the day, uh, I, I, I guess Michigan is the spot. I have, uh, with, I, I have never heard at the same time of a football program that is going through three different investigations at the same time 
Uh, one involves the FBI, and the coach is probably going to sign an extension within the next 24 to 48 hours, according to reports. I, I, I've seen some crazy stuff, brother. I, 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 I broke the, the, the Tennessee NCAA thing, and I thought that was interesting. This Michigan stuff is blowing me away, and I've been, I've been doing this for 18 years. So, shot. Uh, hey, what did you think of Jim McElvain's comments that, hey, I don't know, we don't know, we're digging deep into it. What did you think of his comments? I, I, I think I think that's a coach, and knowing knowing Jim McElwain, and I've covered Jim McElwain before. I think that was a coach that had his bullet points, uh, knew what he had needed to get across uh, when the press conference began. I was kind of waiting on that one last night, and you know, I, here's the thing about Jim: like, I if it's true, and he was on the sideline, Connor Stallions, um, I don't know if it would surprise me that Jim wouldn't know, but. For the athletic department and the way that they give out credentials, it's tough, dude. Like you got, you go through SIDs, you go through uh, their bosses and then their bosses. So for somebody to get a sideline pass to a game, that takes a lot of work and somebody has to approve it. So, it, it, you know, I, I believe Jim McElwain, but I don't know if it comes out to be true. I don't know that he was being fed the right information. I, I, I this is this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. If this guy decided to go covert, like Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible, and put on fake mustaches and whatnot just to be on the sideline, and something else that was thrown out to me last night by my boy Josh Pate, the sun, and he pointed out. I don't know if it's true or not, but he pointed it out. The sunglasses. They might have had a video recorder on them, the, these new sunglasses they had. He pointed that out last night. You can go back and look at his Twitter feed, but they had a little blue dot on his sunglasses. It could have been a video recording. So if it was the guy, this this thing just went to a whole other level because now you just involved another school, Dan. It's crazy. Yeah, you know what? And I saw Josh Pate's other one. Why is this guy wearing sunglasses when it's dark out and nobody else in the picture was wearing Ray-Bans? Hey, look, it's a conspiracy theory. I actually sent uh, – I got three buddies that are coaching currently in the Big Ten, and I sent them all uh, Josh Pate's tweet about the sunglass thing. I didn't think about – I didn't see his other one about there might be a video recorder. But you know what? There is a commercial that I saw last night during uh, maybe it was a World Series about Gallaudet University, which is a deaf school in the D.C. area. And I'm not going to bore you with the commercial, but in the visor, the play got put in writing uh, in the quarterback's visor. So, of course, we have all that technology. Hey, here's the deal. Michigan is not the number one team, at least in the rankings yesterday. Ohio State is. I'm guessing that comes on the heels of the Notre Dame win, right? I mean, the Notre Dame win was the biggest win anybody's had in that group, right? Yeah, no, look, Dan, it it, it comes down to what your schedule looks like so far in Georgia. um, You know, I, I know they've won two national championships in a row, but we're looking at 2023, Dan, and Georgia hasn't played really 
anybody that stood out. They played one ranked team as of right now, and that was Kentucky. And that was a while ago. And Kentucky, you know, you see where Kentucky's at now. So the fact that you really haven't played that tough team, now that changes this weekend, by the way. So I could see it flip-flopping on, on next Tuesday, where if Georgia takes care of number 12 Missouri, which is crazy to me that we're even saying number 12 Missouri, but they're, they're good. If they beat them, they'll switch back over. So it's not a big deal. These first rankings, everybody wants to trip out about them. Everybody just calm down. It's going to take a minute. We'll get everything figured out in the next three to four weeks. And uh, and look, George is just going to use that as bulletin board material. So, it, it, you know, Kirby Smart's not complaining. He's not mad. I think that they got it. I think they got it right last night. But I will say after listening to the teleconference of the committee chair, boy, they were really skirting the question about how do you rank Michigan where they are knowing that, something an investigation into the integrity of football is going on. And Boo Corrigan said, that's an NCAA issue, not a CFP issue. So we know now where the committee stands. I want to talk to you about that because people are saying that the college football playoffs are different than the NCAA, which they are. Can you explain why the NCAA, but, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, but the NCAA still has enforcement on its member institutions. I guess the best way to put this is the college football committee is a separate entity when, when they are, they're not relying on technically the NCAA for their rankings and whatnot and who they're going to put into the playoff, the 14, which by the way, moves to 12 teams next year. So they're not going to the NCAA and asking them questions about teams or how they should be ranked or who's here and who's there. The college football playoff has set itself up as a separate entity, meaning, you know, they have their chairman, they had their board members. It's just, it just, it's just separate than what you get out of the NCAA compared to like, you know, who's going to play in the right. Citrus Bowl. Let, let me ask you. So, can the NCAA, can the college football playoffs include Michigan if the NCAA bans Michigan? That's where you get a little tricky because you're going to have legal injunctions that are involved. You're going to have lawsuits. You're going to have appeals. I mean, that, that's that's where it gets tricky. Here, here's, here's the whole thing about Michigan. If the NCAA, and I'm not saying they will, but if the NCAA finds enough information about what's going on and deems this, okay, this is a whole cheating thing, blah, blah, blah. They then would turn that over to the Big Ten, Dan, and the Big Ten would then make a decision on Michigan. It's not going to be the NCAA. It's not going to be the CFP. It's going to be the Big Ten and Tony Petrie that's going to make this decision. So if folks are wondering why the NCAA moved so quick to get on their campus, it's because they're trying to gather enough information before championship Saturday in college football, which is about a month away from where we are right now. And then they can say, hey, Michigan, you're not eligible. And then Michigan will file lawsuits and there'll be injunctions, blah, blah, blah. But I'm saying – Big Ten's going to have to be the one to make this decision, not the NCAA, Dan. Yeah, this is interesting. You know, if, if, if the Big Ten's got to make the decision, do they, do they forfeit the money that comes with it? I, I think, you know what I think? Tell me if you agree with this. 
I think no. privately, two things are happening behind closed doors. One, NCAA and the Big Ten are hoping against hope, and other leagues are hoping against hope that this thing doesn't spread to more teams, which it looks like it is. The second thing I think everybody privately is hoping Michigan loses the Penn State and Ohio State and gets the hell out of there. I, I don't know if I'm right about that, but that's what it feels like to me. I feel like that's something that they're thinking about. I don't know. I think it. I think it's the same way. I'm going to draw a comparison. I think it's the same way the Big 12 commissioner doesn't want to see Oklahoma and Texas hold up that national championship on the way out the door to the SEC at the end no. of the season. The Big 10 commissioner – would love to have probably quietly Michigan out of the way. You don't have to just because if they win that title, Dan, is it tainted? Is it an asterisk by it? We're going to live by this forever. So I promise you, I would imagine Tony Petrie's like, okay, somebody knock Michigan out of the way so we cannot discuss this any further. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, is Michigan the best team you've seen in terms – forget about strength of schedule, just who you've seen. Who's the best team out there? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I think it's Ohio State right now, in my opinion. I think, I think Michigan's got the better quarterback. Um, I like the Ohio State defense. Uh, I, I think it's, it, it's kind of difficult. You, you look at it right now, you know, Michigan had – and I know everybody keeps saying this, brother, but Michigan hadn't played anybody yet. I don't know how to stack Michigan up against a, a, a good team. I don't know what they're going to look like. Now, that's going to change very soon. Penn State's coming up. You're going to get Ohio State. But as of right now, it's like it's like Georgia. You know what I mean? Georgia really hasn't played anybody tough, but we know Georgia's good. Michigan, I know their quarterback's good. I know their running back is good. But what about the defense? What about the – so it, it just – we're going to find out real quick, and I, I think last night kind of proved that point um, that the committee where they put them, you know, they're not convinced either at the moment, but they had to put them in that spot. Uh, Saturday, here's what I'm doing. I don't okay. even know what time the game is, but I absolutely 1,000% can't wait for LSU Alabama. In fact, my wife's out of town I'm thinking about getting in a car and just driving down there and scalping a ticket because I think it's going to be dynamite. You know what? Again, Brian Kelly left for dead early. We had Aaron Murray on the show, and he's like, hey, I think LSU is going to go into Tuscaloosa and win. I don't know. What do you think? I, first off, I, I, I think I'm going with the Tigers this weekend in Tuscaloosa. I'll have that, I'll have that piece really? coming out. Sometime today or tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I think the Tigers have – this might turn into an offensive shootout, and I think LSU has more on the offensive side with Jake Daniels, a quarterback, compared to Alabama with Jalen Milrow. Um, I, I was personally – I've seen Alabama twice in person now. I know what they are, I, but I also know LSU doesn't have a defense, so that's what I'm talking about, and we're going to get into an offensive shootout. Let me tell you something, Dan. If you want to go to a crazy college football game – in the South, and see some stuff that you'll probably never see again in your life, go to Tuscaloosa this weekend and find yourself a ticket because it's going to be absolute madness. And add on the fact that we get a night game out of this, you give fans all day to get sauced up. Oh, my gosh, that atmosphere in Tuscaloosa is going to be insane, and I would love to be a part of it. Are you going to it? 
Not this weekend. We are, uh, there's a, another correspondent from Outkick is going. Glenn Gilbo is going to be covering that this weekend. Um, I think I'll be heading to Athens next weekend for that Lane Kiffin versus Kirby Smart matchup that could be for the playoff spot, which is going to be wild in itself. But uh, I, look, I, growing up in Mobile, Alabama, I have been to many LSU Alabama games. And let me tell you something. There's not many like them. So enjoy it if you can go down there and make sure to carry about 700 bucks with you in cash just so you can get in the game, man. I know. I know. I know. I'm thinking, you know what? I I, 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 I won't do it because I love my couch. But, man, when we went to the Alabama-Tennessee game, it was dynamite, man, two years ago. It was just freaking dynamite. Hey, last thing. Uh, before yeah. I let you go, speaking of Alabama, you know, we've got some teams that are going to lose ahead of them, Ohio State or Michigan. One of the two is going to lose. Uh, Oregon, Washington, I'm assuming they're going to meet up again. One of the two is going to lose. Of course, yes. you've got other teams in there that could upset the party. I'm looking at Alabama, and I'm saying to myself, hold on here. Hold the phone. They're getting better. If they beat LSU, this guy, eh, this could get sneaky here for Bama, no? The only thing that's holding against them is that loss to Texas. But the good part about that is Texas is good, meaning we're going to get Oregon and we're going to get Washington again, Dan. We're most likely going to get Oklahoma versus Texas again. So we're probably going to get a knockout here. You're going to get Michigan, Ohio State. Penn State's going to play. I'm just saying if Alabama beats LSU on Saturday – and then gets to Atlanta and knocks off Georgia, I can absolutely see Nick Saban, who everybody said, oh, he's retiring because he's taking appearances on the media and things aren't going his way. Oh, man, might be uh, posting himself up for a playoff spot late in the season if they win this weekend. So don't ever count out the GOAT. That's on y'all for doing that. That's why I don't ever worry or pay attention. I pay attention but I think it's stupid to overanalyze this particular week or next week's rankings because it, it, I always say this, it's going to play itself out. One of the things about college football, these leagues are so strong at the top that it's always going to play itself out. So, I, you know, a lot of things can happen, and one of them is Alabama. Hey, Trey, appreciate you, my brother. Thank you so much. Love talking to you. Let's do it again next week. I look forward to it. Maybe Clemson loses this weekend and we get another rant from Dabo on Monday night. We'll see. I ain't mad about it. I ain't mad about a coach's rant, brother. I love a good coach's rant. That's our friend Trey Wallace. Read him at Outkick. Follow the Trey Wallace podcast. Hey, and do yourself a favor. Like and subscribe, all of us right here. We are rocking and rolling. We're giving you stuff that you can't get anywhere else. ESPN, CBS, Sports, NBA. It doesn't matter. We're giving you the best in sports, politics, coverage, you name it. We're giving it to you. And we bring it every effing day. And we're all very good-looking people. We are. Particularly, I'm one of the best-looking dudes in America wearing a hat. When we come back, I'm going to have Armando. We're, what happened? Chase Young all of a sudden can't play? Chase Young gets traded? Josh Dobbs is going to quarterback the Vikings? What the hell's going on around here? Will we act from Armando about what happened last night in Vegas with Josh McDaniels getting cut. Be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. 
We celebrate the Michigan Wolverines as the greatest place in America to coach. I mean, you can cheat, you can do whatever, and you're going to get a contract extension. So we celebrate you, Michigan, but the tide now turns to the NFL. And nobody better talk to than the great Armando Saguero. Hey, Armando, I got to ask you, wait a second here. Uh, Donovan McNabb and you do a show, and it's a great show. You had Andy Reid on. You know, one of the best things when you do a show with somebody is the conversations behind the scenes. Andy Reid now uh, has had a couple losses. Donovan played for Andy Reid when they had a couple losses. Is Andy Reid this jovial father, grandfather figure all the time, or does it change a little when he has a couple losses? You know, not all the time. Uh, Andy Reid is like the rest of us. We have our good moments and bad moments. And obviously last week for the Kansas City Chiefs, it was a bad moment. The Kansas City Chiefs who lead the NFL and drop passes, dropped a lot of passes last week. Stunning how that works. And they're trying to grow up their wide receiver core. Andy Reid is the guy, the grandfather, as you put it, who's trying to, you know, kind of, put the, the receivers on his knee and grow them up and hope that they mature in time for the playoffs. So in the meantime, that's called work and granddads that are jovial and Santa Clausage, um, they don't love that work. It's work. And that's what the Kansas City Chiefs are all about. And Andy Reid is all about right now as they prepare for a Sunday meeting with the Dolphins in Germany. Yeah, I figured. It is the Dolphins. It is the Chiefs in Germany. Before we get to that, Mac Daniels, as we call him in Indy, got his ass fired again. America's most punchable football face is out. The GM out. Why did this happen? Okay, so Josh McDaniels came to the Las Vegas Raiders as something of an offensive football guru because of all the work that he did with the New England Patriots uh, in two stints, but the last 10 years in the most recent stint, he won three Super Bowls during that stint. And so he comes to the Raiders and he is supposed to take the next step for a team that had won 10 games the season before he arrived. And instead of taking steps forward, they took steps backward. And this year, for example, that offense that the offensive genius put together hasn't scored more than 20 points in a game, in any game. And that is frustrating to the players who are losing. They're three and five. That is frustrating, more importantly, to the owner. And so the dude's out. Shocking how coaches who who worked for the Patriots, coaches who still work for the Patriots, don't seem to be doing as good a job ever since, um, uh, what's his name left? What's his name? Yeah, Tom Brady. Um, interesting how those great coaches, those great strategies, they were so much better when Tom Brady was around, and they're so much more diminished when he's not. I talked about that, and I include everybody in this. Belichick prior, Belichick after, you know, all these assistants. Bruce Arians was smart enough to win, go to a couple Super Bowls and get out of Dodge. I mean, look, 
People are pretty smart. Let me let me go this route with you. Um, when you look at the Raiders and LA, or excuse me, Las Vegas, big stadium, owner that seems to care. Like, is this a job that, and there's only 32 of them, I get it, so it's a great job, but is this a job that is very attractive? Is this an attractive place for somebody to go to? Well, like you mentioned, there's only 32. There is no one that would be turning down a head coaching job in the NFL if, you know, if they can help it. Obviously, if they have choices, yeah, they they might go a different direction. But, you know, the Raiders are a legacy NFL franchise. They do try to help uh, in the way that ownership can help. They, you know, they spend to the cap. They are able to maneuver as they wish. And as long as you've got success, you can do basically what you want. The problem is that left to their own devices, uh, Josh McDaniel and the general manager who's also fired, Dave Ziegler, they, I, I, they didn't get it. They were trying to replicate New England. They brought in a bunch of New England players, including Jimmy Garoppolo, who is not uh, and was not even as good as the quarterback that they ran off, which was Derek Carr. And, oh, by the way, they ran off Derek Carr and got nothing for him, which is unprecedented. You release the guy and you get nothing in return except dead cap space. So uh, the bottom line is when they go ahead after this season and have interviews for the general manager job and have interviews for the head coaching job, assuming that Antonio Pierce doesn't do an amazing job and just wins the job outright beforehand. Um, there's going to be a ton of people lining up. Agents are going to be calling and that will be a job that people will covet. When, when did Chase Young become expendable? Everybody told me Chase Young is one of the greats at a position that you got to have. And then I'm reading about how he didn't follow assignments. He was undisciplined. He needed to go. Man, it turned quick for Chase Young, unless I'm missing something here. Yeah, so this is weird. Um, first of all, I don't abide and I don't like when a team has a guy for years and years and suddenly they, they trade him or release him and all of a sudden they take a big dump on him. Uh, yeah. It, through informed sources or anonymous sources. Look, that's like people that hold a job for years and years, and when they leave, they rip their old employer. Well, why didn't you, you know, say anything while you were there? Why didn't you say anything while Chase Young was there? How, how come you put up with him up until the point where it, be, you know, it serves your PR purposes to make it seem like you needed to get rid of them. It's just dirty, dirty business work. Um, it, it's, it's, it's tawdry. It makes me feel icky uh, that this is happening. Chase Young, look, has not lived up to all the expectations that he had. Having said that, he's still a premier pass rusher. 
He's still a premier edge player. He's been injured, and he's worked hard to get over those injuries. The San Francisco 49ers know football way more and way better than the Washington Commanders. That is proven in the success that the two franchises have had in the last three or four years. Um, one of them, the one that knows more, wanted Chase Young. One of them, the one that knows less, didn't want Chase Young. So you tell me who's who's going to win that situation. Oh, I think it's the greatest move that really a team can make at this point. Get yourself a pass rusher at this point, particularly when you are a Super Bowl contender, particularly when you've lost a couple, three in a row, you energize the whole place. When did the Bears become buyers? Is this like a fire sale out of the commanders? Montez Sweat, he's gone. I thought he was pretty good, and I figured the Bears would be sellers, not buyers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're sellers today of their running backs, Coach. You got fired. Um, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, they fired their running backs, Coach, today. The Bears' season has been a weirdo season, to be honest with you. Uh, the, the defensive coordinator had issues and, you know, Justin Fields is great. Justin Fields is terrible. Justin Fields is injured. Justin Fields, when are you coming back? Tyson Bajant, who, as I mentioned on the five spot podcast that you mentioned on, on Outkick, it's like every time I hear his name, I want to sing the song. Secret Bajant, man. Secret <laughs> Bajant, man. Um, anyway, Tyson Bajant, up and down. The point is the Bears have decided that even though they have the same situation as the Commanders, they want to build through the future by what? Adding proven talent. The Commanders want to build uh, in the future by what? Uh, getting middling draft picks and hoping that they hit on them and not paying the players. The Bears lead the NFL in cap space next year. They'll be able to afford Montez Sweat, and they got a good one, I think. Yeah, you don't make a deal for a second-round pick that's a free agent and not know you're going to sign him. If you do, then that is malpractice. All right, clear this up for me. Jim Harbaugh, I got my Michigan hat on. We're celebrating the fact that Michigan is not only encouraging but paying cheats. Fine, whatever people think. But the NFL, the rumors are, and I'm curious what you're hearing, the rumors are the NFL isn't going to be so supportive of giving him a golden parachute job. The Bears folks, at least the, of the media in Chicago, my friends, are like clearing a path, getting out the red carpet for Harbaugh. Would the NFL give a rat's what Harbaugh did in college? Well, so let's, let's understand what we're talking about here. It's not the NFL that's going to give him a job. Uh, there's 32 different dudes yeah. and women in the case of, you know, a couple of those teams, including the Tennessee Titans, who make that decision. Not Roger Goodell and the league office. It's the 32 owners that hire and fire their, their head coaches and their front office. And to say, you know, it's going to be this way in the entire league is a ridiculous statement because you've got 32 different people with 32 different thoughts going 
all this way. And so I, I can't predict what the five to seven people who are going to be looking for head coaches are going to think about Jim Harbaugh. First of all, we don't know who those people are. Second of all, we don't know what they're thinking yet because they haven't thought it yet. They haven't fired anybody outside of Mark Davis. So all I'm saying is anytime you hear these like set in concrete statements, the NFL is going to do this with a head coaching hiring. That's crap. That's that's just somebody talking out of their derriere. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's yeah. ridiculous because the NFL is not this hire and fire coaches institution. It's the individual owners that do that. And they all have differing thoughts. That's a great point. No, you're absolutely right. In fact, when I said that, I thought to myself, yeah, that's not happening. It is whether or not Jim Ursay wants to hire him. The McCaskies, whether they want to hire him, that's who it comes down to. No, you are absolutely right, my friend. Armando, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for the time. I know you're busy. When's your next show? So we uh, we come out every Tuesday and Friday. It's the five spot on the Outkick Network, of which you are uh, the leader and the man. And so we, uh, you know, we're 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 holding your crown and uh, you know, letting your robe, helping your robe not get wrinkled. Well, I got a size eight head. So it's a big crown. If I got a crown, it don't fit anybody but me. I got a big Serbian, big fat head. Thanks, Armando. All right. That's the greatest. See, he's got the outkick background. I liked it when he was like in Rome or in an NFL stadium or on the beach. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's What the Hell Wednesday. And we've changed What the Hell Wednesday a little bit. A woman discovers a dead frog in her spinach bag. You know how you go to a store and you get some spinach and it's in that bag. You go over here and you're going to get, you know, uh, what is it? Garden, whatever. You get spinach, lettuce, you get all this stuff, right? Well, imagine if you opened up your bag and guess what was in there? Not the leafy goodness of spinach, but a damn frog. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd crap myself. Like, I don't like that kind of stuff. I'm not that guy that goes, oh, man, I think it's pretty cool that a finger showed up in my Hormel chili. Now nah, I ain't that guy. A lot of you are that guy. And I understand you guys being that guy. But I can't be that guy. I ain't that guy. No. I will never be the guy. But I'm opening up. My wife likes the spinach. So she was, quote, traumatized. Yeah, I, I don't blame her. Uh, I, I don't. A young Australian woman uh, had a shock. She discovered a dead frog inside a bag she bought from Walrus. Uh, Simone Baker took the TikTok, which is where we have to go, to show off the gross find. And the dead frog heaped on her spinach in a salad. Holy hell. God bless you. Good for you. I ain't mad at you. But I'm just not that guy. A lot of you are that guy. A lot of you are that guy. Uh, 
back in the day, back in the day when my Aunt Debbie got remarried, my brother and I used to laugh or make jokes, not funny really now, but it never used to happen then, about somebody better be on the lookout for our Uncle Mike, who my Aunt Debbie divorced and then remarried a guy. All right? We're like at the wedding going, hey, I wonder if Uncle Mike's going to show up. We didn't know what Kevlar was or ARs or AKs or whatever. We just wondered if Uncle Mike was going to show up and cause some malfeasance at the grand affair. Uh, All right. Well, guess what? He didn't. But a groom did. Listen to this story. And tell me this isn't a what the hell. An angry groom was angered. He was mad. He was pissed. He was like a lot of us are. You know what? My ex-wife's getting married. My ex-husband's getting married. I'm not happy about it. That's why I like my divorce. My ex-wife didn't give a rat's and I'm getting remarried and I hope she finds happiness. Well, guess what? An angry groom decided that he was so blanked off about it that he was going to throw poop. P-O-O-P. Caca. Caca. Poop. I had a girlfriend named Poop. Poop Laverde. Poop Laverde. That's right. But anyway, she's a very nice girl, and I don't know why everybody called her Poop. I liked her, but whatever. So Poop on a groom. He gets in there, and he ain't happy. It was the groom's ex. I'm sorry. It was the groom's angler, angry ex. She, he decided, yeah, or she decided, I'm throwing caca. Now, I just want you, I want a visual for you. I'm screwing this story up because it won't open on my uh, crazy internet that I got going here. But I just want you to think about something. If you're going to toss the caca on somebody, you've got to, A, have that thought, B, plan it a little bit. I'm going to go to the wedding. I'm going to do it here. Maybe the reception, maybe in the back room. I don't know. And then I want you to think about this, the physical act. The physical act of I'm going to, one of two ways, you're either taking a dump in a bag, you're taking a dump in a strainer, or you're doing it in the toilet and you're straining it out and you're fire. And then you've got to have the thought of I am throwing this on actual human beings. This isn't prison where guys get urine and throw it on the next cell. This isn't that. This is a freaking wedding. In Bolivia, a wedding, listen for it, went down the toilet after the groom's ex, the woman, showed up at the wedding and threw caca on the newly betrothed after they said, I do do. Boy, I tell you what, the New York Post, you're awesome. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie to you, New York Post. You got this stuff figured out and I ain't even mad at you. I ain't mad at you. But when you decide that you're going to throw a bucket of oil and poop on people, that's where I think you've crossed the line. If you want to throw a bucket of oil on somebody, God bless you. But don't add the caca. Nobody needs the caca thrown on them. Uh, Just want you to know that... About six, eight weeks ago, maybe four or five months ago, hell, time flies, 
Tony Dungy talked about something. He talked about people thinking that they are furries, that they are cats or dogs, and schools were putting litter boxes into restrooms. Well, that turned out not to be quite true. That turned out to be kind of a rumor, but it really wasn't. I mean, people wanted to believe it was a rumor. People wanted to say it was a rumor. But those of us that are involved in this world of furries, we know better. (laughs) Nah, nah, nah. We know better. Here's the deal. So there's a lady. She says, I'm turning into a human cat. I had my first bodification my first body modification at age 11. She thinks she's turning into a cat. Now, I don't care what some blue-haired crazy person with nipple rings, nose rings, those big hoops in their ears, I don't care if they get mad at this. But this person is an idiot. And anybody that refers to her as a cat can kiss my dupayage because the person is insane, they have mental illness, and they need to be taken off the streets. What we need to do in this country is reestablish the mental hospital. Make it better, make it nicer, but reestablish one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's what we need to do. These people need a place. These people need a home. These people need somewhere to call their own. They don't need compassion. They don't need somebody going, well, you know, uh, you you can be anybody you want, and I support you. I do. I support you. No, you don't. The person is a lunatic. They're insane. They're nuts with a Z. N-U-T-Z. Ain't nobody turning into a human cat. Serious business. There ain't nobody that you know, that I know, even some of the clowns, JPG on the YouTube chat, I'll defend him or her against any allegation of him or her turning into a human cat. An Italian woman has received 20 body modifications so she can realize her dream of transitioning into a cat. And like everything else, ladies and gentlemen, everything else, where do you think she went? She went to TikTok and got millions of views. If you're down on your luck, things aren't going well for you on the job, look, all you got to do is go to the doctor, tell him, hey, look, I need to be turned into a cat. She's been called psychotic. She's been called disturbed. She says, I'm thinking that I would be a pretty cool cat lady. She goes by the name Audine Maud online. Her lifelong body binge began at 11 when she referred, oh my God, have you seen this picture? Did we show this picture? I don't even know if we can show it, but I just did. Look at this thing. God bless you. God. Dang, and anybody, I don't care. She's got 72 piercings, 20 body modifications, punched nostrils, upper lip piercings, 1.6 centimeter inner labia piercing. Her TikTok videos have over 65 million views. She did what you got to do in this world. I'm going to become a cat, and guess what? 
you are going to see it on TikTok. I'm going to get paid, and that's enough. That is going way too far, Coco. Way, way, way too fast. Jim Roberts on the YouTube chat says this. People will do anything to get an additional eight lives. That's pretty good, Jim. All right. Uh, a thrift store has had to ask people, this is in Canada, to stop, listen for it, stop donating used and unused sex toys. Look, I got to tell you, nobody wants your used sex toy. If you got a sex toy, you got the butt plug, you got the thumper, whatever it is you got, do yourself a favor. reason I knew those two is I was watching a show last night called Swedish Death Cleaning. And they had this woman who was like a cabaret singer, and she was so into sex, she had penises and sex toys everywhere, and her favorite was this big old thing called the thumper. <laughs> and there was discussion of the butt plug. I looked at Lee. I go, you can call me thumper. That's fine. But don't go out and buy thumper. You got one right here. I'm Serbian. We don't need Cialis. What are you talking about? But anyway, so this, uh, this thrift store in Canada says, look, we appreciate everything. We love you a long time. We want to be involved in giving, th helping. It's thrift. It's cheaper. Bring us your good stuff. But for the love of all things holy, don't give us your used sex toys. I think that's fair. No, I, I do. I, I, uh, I do. I, I think that's fair. We don't need your sex toys. Although, I must ask, well, let's be honest. There's not enough bleach in the world for the used one. But the unused one, look, it used to be Doc Johnson's on College Avenue in Bloomington that everybody went to. One afternoon, a couple buddies of mine were bored, and we walked in. And then I got nervous because, well, I figured they had a camera inside, which no other place did at the time. But it used to be Doc Johnson's. Hey, now you can go to Dollar General and get yourself a sex toy. A male, uh, listen to this. You want to make nine and a half grand a month selling armpit hair online. Listen to this. This person was selling their armpit hair. But she developed digital vertigo by spending up to 14 hours a day on the phone. Look, I think I got visual vertigo. I do. I think I got the same thing. I'm on this freaking thing all day. I'm tired of my phone. In fact, as soon as this show is over, I'm going to be off my phone till 3 o'clock. That's right, 3 o'clock. And then I'm going to start following my guys that send me what we think we should do on the show. But I think I got visual ver vertigo as well. My armpit hair, if you're buying my armpit hair, I don't want to be there to sell it to you. I'll sell you anything. I got a kitchen. I got a, a dining room table that's gorgeous, beautiful, huge, has those leaves. I'm trying to give rid of that thing for 800 bucks. My wife put it on Facebook and a bunch of creeps wanted her phone number. So we stopped that immediately. But you know what I'm talking about. Armpit hair, guy or girl, I ain't into. And visual vertigo, I think I'm doing it. I think I am absolutely absolutely having it. I don't want to have it. I won't have it. But if you got it, let me know how it goes. I also got to get something here on my nose checked out. I think I got a little cancerous growth. 
I got to go to the doctor and get that thing. Too much information. Uh, when we come back, uh, there are people that have been arrested in bars that are athletes. What are we doing here? Why are we doing that? And don't forget, like, comment. We need more comments. Let me go here. Let me see who's commenting. Uh, we got a bunch today. Today, the joint is jumping, and I love it. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. And, of course, do not forget to comment. Jim Roberts, Deuce Parker, Samuel King, Otter Creek Gritty, JPG Rules, Outkicks on there, Coco, Brad Buffington. Yeah! We got a big crowd today. Deuce Parker. Love you, John M. The Otter Creek, my boy. Uncouth. Here you go. Yeah! 72 piercings. Do any of your cats have 72 piercings? We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. It is a celebration of Michigan. We will continue to celebrate America's most ridiculous institution. What is it? Let me ask you guys a serious question. What is it about these schools that put themselves above everybody else? Remember Joe Paterno was going to make himself into a higher power or something like that? He had like the grand experiment, education. Look how that ended up. Michigan tells us all how we are Michigan men. We are Michigan men. Yay, rah, Michigan. Michigan men. Yeah, well, they cheat. They suspend. They hire cyber criminals, allegedly. Shemi Schembechler gets fired for being a racist. They've got a point shaving, or not a point shaving, a sign stealing scandal going on. They've got the FBI in there for the cyber. They got the NCAA in there for the point shaving, which seems to be widespread, and the president is going to go out and he is going to give the coach an extension, even though he's one and six in bowl games, two and five against his rival. There you go. Hail to the victor, hail to the thundering hero, eh, eh, to Michigan. Yeah, see, Michigan, their best teams or their most famous teams are their biggest cheats. Nobody cheated worse than Michigan with the Fab Five. I mean, Donnie Kirksey, rest his, rest his soul, was a guy that was a liquor salesman that was paid 10 grand allegedly to give a speech in a basketball camp. Now, I don't know if that's illegal or not, but we, we were just laughing. Absolutely laughing. Anyway, Long story short, Michigan is going to extend Harbaugh, and I, ladies and gentlemen, will tell you that Michigan is the number one school for a coach to work at. I'm not even talking about that clown Jawan Howard going over the top and slapping Joe Krabinoff after a game because Jawan Howard, being a Michigan man, just couldn't control himself. Bah. Speaking of Michigan, Purdue is ready. Hey, Ryan Walters, the head coach, first year. Of Purdue, he knows Michigan's cheating. The Big Ten knows Michigan is sign stealing. Everybody knows, but you do have to stop it. So Ryan Walters was asked. He goes, "Hey, what are your thoughts about Michigan?" And he, hey, I'm not sure. My focus is on us and our team. Obviously, and this is what I like about what Walters said. He just didn't let it go. Obviously, we are aware of the allegations, huh? that are out there. 
will plan accordingly. Isn't that something? Harbaugh's such a damn cheat that coaches have to adjust the way they go about their business because Harbaugh is such a damn cheat. And this isn't alleged. Now, let's just be honest. This is not alleged. This is what coaches know. Again, I tell you, there's always a backstory. Coaches know. You can say they don't. You can say you believe what is written on a blog or what's written on Twitter or what's written in the local newspaper. Remember, the Lansing whatever journal, state journal, covered up or didn't know one of the two about Larry Nasser at old state university right under their nose for years and years and years. The local university press, the Ann Arbor whatever, the Detroit whatever, free press, they ain't covering this. They're on the side of the school because it gives them access to players, gives them access to coaches. Big university newspaper. It's like Bob Hamill. Knight had Bob Hamill on speed dial in Indianapolis, excuse me, in Bloomington, because every time Knight did something incredibly stupid, he knew he could call Bob Hamill and they would cover for him. It's like uh, jo- uh, Greg or whatever his name, Rab John. This guy Rab John's in Indiana. Mike Woodson has a player arrested. Call Rab John's, Jeff Rab John's, I'm sorry. They'll blame the Taco Bell for the arrest. Everybody's got it. So, ladies and gentlemen, that don't matter. What matters is the coaches know. Period. Ryan Walter said, we'll plan accordingly. You got a plan for a guy that's cheating? Everybody knows he's cheating. The Big Ten hasn't stepped in and done shit. But yet, hey, coaches got a game plan. They got to change their signals because Michigan's a cheat. You got to adjust to the cheat. That does not seem right to me. That seems God-awful to me. In fact, that seems different to me. You know, there's a guy on Fox, I don't know if we're supposed to talk about Fox, but they got it right here in the rundown, named Emmanuel Acho. Now, he broke onto the scene at ESPN. He wore really tight stuff and, you know, big smile, and he talked. And then all of a sudden George George Floyd happened, and he became a dude. He wrote a book in about 10 minutes, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. That got him a lucrative contract at Fox, where he really has done nothing other than, I don't know, whatever you do on a show that nobody watches. I understand. It's who I am. Anyway, Acho, in his Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, didn't really have uncomfortable conversations. Somebody asked him one time, why do 6% of the population, African-American men, commit over 50% of the murder? He called that guy a racist, at least that I saw. Maybe it was reported wrong, allegedly, I don't know. He didn't want to have real conversations. He wanted to show that he was down for the cause and that white guy is supposed to kiss his ass. Well, he got called out by one of our writers, Amanda Harding. She embarrassed Acho into deleting a Malik Murphy quarterback at Texas tweet, who then proceeds, Acho did, to block her. So Acho puts this thing out that Caleb Williams should not play. Why would he play? No reason to play. Caleb Williams, a quarterback at USC, should sit it out. Well, Acho, okay, then he puts out a tweet criticizing, criticizing Malik Murphy for not giving his all after an interception. Of course, 
it's hypocritical. Of course, Acho was looking for clicks and relevance when he put that thing out about Caleb Williams. It's what guys do now, not just him, but everybody. So the guy who encouraged Caleb Williams to quit on his team, although he is now berating Malik Murphy for not showing enough effort after the interception. Acho did what all bullies do. He tried to bully white dudes until somebody asked him a legitimate uncomfortable question. And nobody wants on, hey, uh, guys that, you know, attack cops. Cops aren't supposed to fight back, Acho. Uh, 6% adult males are 6% of the population in the United States, Acho. A guy asked him. They commit 50, 51% of the crimes. Why is that? He didn't want those conversations, just like he didn't want the Amber Harding conversation. So here's what Acho did. Acho blocked our good friend Amber because, well, that's Acho. Damn, Acho, we could have been besties. Yeah, they could have been besties. They could have done what adults, not race baiters, do. And they could have talked it out. They could have had a chat, a conversation, a tete-a-tete. Instead, Acho went all Dan Dockage and just started swatting people. Well, what are you going to do? Tennessee Titans players aren't happy. Tennessee Titans players are scolding their fans for booing Malik Willis at home after the team needed a much-needed lift and got a win with Will Levis' quarterback. That's right. Will Levis took over. Malik Willis stunk. Will Levis threw four touchdown passes. The team won, and we're supposed to listen to players. Look, the team was on the verge of collapse. Will Levis came in, and he saved the day. I don't listen to DeAndre Hopkins. You guys know DeAndre Hopkins will forever be referred to as what? The Mad Crapper. The Mad Crapper. When DeAndre Hopkins came out of college, he and a Rutgers wide receiver decided it'd be a good idea in their hotel room at the Combine to take a dump all over their room, smear it on the wall, smear it on the TV, smear it on the roof, smear it all over. Thus, the Mad Crapper. I remember reports saying that the Mad Crapper, DeAndre Hopkins, cost $20,000 to this hotel to fix it. Now, it doesn't matter that this dude is obviously sick. He can catch a football and run fast. But I tell you this, I make fun of the Mad Crapper every chance I get. For Titan fans, us in the locker room, we don't appreciate the booze from Malik. It's unfair. He's on this team. He's part of us. And what we do, definitely it's not something I expect coming here. I didn't think it's very fair for Malik. Yeah? Hey, as the great Candace Owens said, hey, Mad Crapper, life's tough. Get a helmet. You're paid millions. When you don't perform, I personally don't boo anybody. But when you don't perform, guess what? People are going to boo you. It's not fair. Life's not fair. It's not fair that that hotel had to clean up your shit as you and some psychopath from Rutgers decided to crap all over it. It's not fair that Bill O'Brien had to get you out of Houston because you were such a pain in the backside. It's not fair that you went to Arizona and basically stole money. Yeah, you made one catch. That's it. It's not fair that you come over here and once again, the team you're playing on stinks. Life ain't fair. Will Levis chimed in. 
Uh, that left a sour taste in all our mouths when we were hearing those boos and we came on the field. Hey, you got it. We've got to know that he's going to be a big part of us moving forward when it comes to winning games. So let's correct next time. Let's come correct next time <laughs> as fans and treat him correctly. Let me explain something to you, Kentucky boy. Sorry, ass. We were supposed to be good, but with you at the controls, Kentucky boy, you stunk. They did come correct. It's big boy football in a big boy city. They expect in Nash Vegas entertainment. They don't expect crap. And you talking about come correct, where'd you learn that? From a friend of yours that's African-American in a locker room? You don't know what come correct means. Man, you got to come correct, yo. Okay, Will Levis. No wonder your girlfriend dumps you. Let me tell you what you should be saying. Hey, man, I didn't hear it. I was too busy getting ready to come into the game. And look, Malik's a big dude. He can handle himself. Now, Derrick Henry can speak on it. I understand the fans are frustrated when we lose. It's not going to... It's not going the way we play. We're all frustrated. To have the fans in it, well, we're all a family. No, you're not. doesn't help being booed when you're just trying to go in there and make a play. Yeah, it does. Sometimes it does. And you're not a family. I am absolutely not a family, and I was a season ticket holder for five years. I'm not a family with the players on the Colts. Maybe he's just talking about his team. You're not family on a team. You're friends, but you're not family. You're inviting the whole team over for Thanksgiving dinner and cooking for them? No, stop. You're a bunch of guys in a locker room, and if you get close, that's good. But I get tired. I do. I get tired of listening to these guys uh, talk about fans. These guys are making more money than anything they could possibly imagine doing. You ought to say, hey, fans, you got every right to boo. I love Malik. I do. I'm a big fan of Malik. But you know what? I've watched Derrick Henry work out. I know that Derrick Henry is a great dude. A friend of my daughter's was in college with him. He bumped in there in the Starbucks line, and he was awesome. He bought her and her friend Starbucks and could not have apologized more. I'm a big Derrick Henry fan. I am. I'm sorry. I'm a big fan. What can I tell you? Um, Detroit, or excuse me, Democratic governor of New Jersey, Philip Murphy is asking the state Democratic Party to reimburse taxpayers after he used, listen to this, listen to this, $12,000 in state funds to party at a Taylor Swift concert and at other stadium events. See, my head's getting hot. This is what I love about Jersey. This is what you're supposed to do as the governor of New Jersey. Look, they're giving me all this money. You know what? I got to use it. What do you want to use it on? I'll tell you what. I think we can get Britney Spears tickets for a grand each. How about me, my wife, you, your wife, three other couples and their wives? I got it. Then we're going to get a suite. I got it. Then we're going to have, a, you know what, some food. I got it. Good for you. Good for you, governor of New Jersey. See, uh, basically every governor of Illinois has gone to jail. Bogoyevich, my Serbian brother, had to take off his weird-ass toupee when he went to jail. But basically every governor in Jersey, I haven't followed this. I don't think they all go to jail. That's, state, that's for Illinois. But every governor in Jersey is corrupt. This guy is just 
lending his latest to a corrupt system. And if the taxpayers of the Democratic Party of New Jersey pay it, then they should fire the head, whoever makes the decision to pay it. We don't need that. Hey, Travis Kelsey's family's a little worried about his safety. That's right. Swifties are a nasty group. Swifties are everywhere. Swifties nip at your heels. They're in your food. You look, you're swatting them away when you're Travis Kelsey. Swifties are an intense crowd. Remember, Swifties came at Travis Kelsey because in spring training or in fall camp or whatever the hell you call it, summer camp, he got in a fight. He knocked some defensive backs, took a swing. They were upset. Oh, my God, Taylor. Taylor, you're dealing with a man who is violent. OMG, T-Swift. We can't be doing that. What are you doing? He's going to, once a hitter, always a hitter, Taylor. Oh, my ass. So now uh, people are worried. Mama's worried. A lot of attention. It's the next level. Football player like Travis Kelsey and the attention he gets is up here. There's no question. However, now, whoo, totally different realm. Totally, completely different realm. International pop star. Woo, listen to this. On one hand, I'm happy for my brother, says Jason Kelsey, brother of, uh, that he seems to be in a relationship that he's excited about, that he is genuine about. But there's another end of where it's like, man, this is a lot. There's some, I think, alarms sometime with how, you know, over in pursuit people can be. That's a good way to put it. I thought he was going to go, when I originally read this, I thought he was going to go over the top. No. No, no, no. He went over pursuit, meaning people are coming at you and they are pursuing. They're pulling up to your car. They're running after you. Swifties are a bunch of little girls. They're like Antifa of women without masks and the violence. Antifa, when they take their masks off, are a bunch of little boys, little white dudes, little white girls that really aren't, are absolutely harmless until they put their masks on and lose their mind. Well, guess what? Swifties are absolutely harmless until they congregate together and they got to learn more about who is this man that is with our Taylor. I love you, Swifties. I need dockies. I need dockies. I do. I need dockies. Dockies would be good. You know what I mean? I think that'd be good. Yeah. I think that'd be really, really good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I tell you when I have good nights, I had a bad night last night. I bet the Diamondbacks in the first five innings, and I bet the Diamondbacks for the game. That did not go well. Congratulations. And by the way, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Corey Seager. I feel like every time I'm watching this kid, he's hitting a two-run Johnson, making a play, leading his team. He's unbelievable, this guy, Corey Seager. They did it without my new favorite player, Adolis Garcia, the guy who got hit and then started hitting bombs left and right. He's out. Uh, Scherzer's out. But you know what? It's a three-to-one lead, and we got game five tonight. I'm going to take the Diamondbacks again. I think the Diamondbacks have heart. I think they'll win tonight. What the hell do I know? I don't know squat.
but I do feel like they will win. I also lost, I won on an under with the Knicks, and I lost, I took Northern Illinois, who got, man, they got a seventh-year quarterback, this guy Rocky Lombardi, seventh year. He's got a chance to lead them down the field. They were down six. What does he do? He throws a pick. No wonder in his seventh year he's playing at Northern Illinois. I remember him at Michigan State. Wasn't great there either. No, it's not DoorDash. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We're not DoorDashing. Not yet. We're up too much money. We went 15-1 and on a football Sunday. All right. Are we woke and doping? Let's wokey and let's dopey, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what we got. I'm all I'm all verklempt here, so you're gonna have to bear bear with me. I've got I'm a little bit behind in this thing. I'm not exactly sure uh, where I'm at here because, frankly, my internet sucks and I'm behind. But I'm waiting on the woke dope. Hopefully, it's up there right now and you all can see it. But I can't see it right now. But I'm trying like crazy person to absolutely see it. Oh, there it is. There it is. I read old books uh, because I would rather, oh man, now it's a little blurry. I got a problem. Life stinks, but I hope you can see it and I hope it's funny. Let's put it that way. I hope you can see it and I hope it's funny. That's kind of the story of my life. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah, that's right. I said it and I meant it. Are we still banning books? Are we still allowing porn uh, into kids' libraries. I don't think we should. I think that's bad business. I don't know. I didn't even think that we had to debate this. It feels like that's bad business. We don't need porn in our schools. Now, I'm not a prude. I'm not for banning books other than porn in schools. That's just me. I'm a little nutty. What the hell do I know? I don't know squat. But I, I am all in on no porn in schools. I think that's easy. I do. I, 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 I think that's fairly easy. They're sending the pictures to my phone, but for some reason they're coming very close to downloading. Here we go. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on. Give it to me, baby. Push it. Come on. Come on. There we go. All right. Let's see if it opens. One megabyte image. It's not opening, but I see two little kids reading a book. There's another one. Woke dope number two. It's just not opening for me. Dun, 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 dun. Can you just send the picture, not the JPEG of it? I don't even know what that means. A screenshot of the picture would be good. Very good. I think that'd be great if we did a screenshot because I don't, I can't see Jack squat. I got to get this fixed and I don't know how. I've rebooted, I've booted, I've done everything I can possibly do. And you guys keep sending me these IMG things and there's no shot that I can open them because it's the same problem. The internet don't work. But if you want to send me a screenshot, then we can do it. I tell you what, we'll live to fight another day. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a monster day today. Ladies and gentlemen, we here at OutKick are striving to give you the best coverage, something you cannot get anywhere else. And I'm very thankful. Even you little slappies, even you little slappies 
that want to get on our thing because you're little Michigan fans and you're crabby because Danny be mean to Michigan. Hey, Dalkage, your son couldn't play at Michigan, Dalkage. That's why you're all bitter. No, I've been very clear about this my entire existence. I hate cheaters. I do. I'm one of the few people with any integrity in college basketball. I hate cheaters. I left West Virginia because they were cheaters. Cost me three and a half million dollars. I could have let Indiana players continue to do drugs and crap, but I didn't like it. I worked for a cheater. I hated working for the cheater. He was a cheat. That's it. I'm sorry. That's it. That's all I got. So you can say, well, you don't like him because you should. Your son, and my son went to Ohio State, played more in a year, and beat Michigan. What's wrong with you? Leave me alone. Anyway, we had a great crowd. Ruel Miller, you're always here. Samuel King, Dave Bernard, Coco, Van Pasterman, the Otter Creek, JPG Rules. Fantastic. Lick, keep bringing it. Uh, let's see who else is around here. Joe to the Sea. Of course, the Outkick boys are on here. Sinister. Thank you, Vic Bartz. You're awesome. Uh, we got a bunch here. Brad Buffington. Thank you. Trey Sargent. You don't like me, and I'm cool with that, but spell my name right at least. Craig Matthews. I know you're crabby, but hey, look, Michigan sucks. I don't know nothing I can tell you, but it's the best place in the country to coach because you too can cheat. You too can. You can cheat and still get an extension. Can hire a cyber criminal and still get an extension. Can hire a racist, still get an extension. Go one and six in bowl games, still get an extension. Two and five against your rival, still get an extension. Of course, hire a little Marine guy that writes a manifesto and cheats his brains off for you by stealing signs and say it with me, you can still get an extension. Thanks, everybody. Ryan and Dylan, you guys are freaking awesome. Of course, Nick and Nick Part 2, fantastic. Brooke, you're tremendous. Of course, Beth the Booker and Haley and Katie, all of you. Don't forget Aaron, of course, Gary, and our leader, Clay Travis. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. We only have 122 likes. There's 338 people watching. Like and subscribe and leave a comment. Don't forget, Outkick at gmail.com. Send me an email. Tell me what you think, good or bad. See you.